you're going to be engaged more. So I think that's a big part of why it's not going to go away is it's helping people get into the sport. Um, that's how I taught my business partner to fly fish. He now uses a 10 car rod. He uses his rod and reel and casts and does all that real effectively, but it was a way to help teach him. It's also how I teach my kids how to, you know, fish so that I'm capturing you know their engagement with the fishing versus being frustrated with all the other stuff that was brandon moon sharing one of their products in a very diverse lineup family friends and furled leaders today on the wet fly swing fly fishing show Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how you doing today? Thanks for stopping by the show. We always have a giveaway going on this year. You can head over to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway and sign up right now and win that special, special giveaway. This episode is presented by Stonefly Nets, putting quality before quantity with their handcrafted custom wood landing nets. When Ethan designs your net, it's his hope and goal to help you form long-lasting memories for years to come. You can head over to wetflyswing.com stonefly to get your custom net right now. S-T-O-N-E-F-L-Y to get started right now. Rare Gear makes truly unique and innovative fishing gear to help you travel lighter, faster, and fish more. This telescoping fly rod doesn't need guides and packs up small enough to fit in the pocket of your backpack. This is likely the most unique rod you've seen this year, so you're going to have to check it out for yourself. You can head over to raregear.com right now to check it out. That's rare, R-E-Y-R, gear.com. Brandon Moon shares his super passionate story of fly fishing and family and his connection to the history around fly fishing and fishing. We find out about some of the benefits of the furled leader, his take on some of the new fiberglass rods that are out there and in their line, and his fascination with soft tackles. So without further ado, here is Brandon Moon from MoonlitFlyFishing.com. How's it going, Brandon? Doing great, Dave. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for putting this together this morning. Uh, we connected recently uh, at the show, at the Denver show, chatted there a little bit, and you surprised me with a couple of things I didn't know you had going. Um, so you got a bunch of things going here, like rods, you got some uh, furled leaders, and a bunch of things we're going to dig into today. But uh, before we get into all that and moonlit fly fishing, take us all the way back. Let's start at the fly fishing. How did you first get into fly fishing? Well, my grandpa, Auger, always fly fished as I was growing up as a kid and I always watched him do it and tie flies so that kind of sparked my interest I kind of got into it a little bit in high school and then migrated away from it into sports but when I married my wife my father-in-law gifted me a fly rod and it just all shifted from sports to fly fishing at that point oh wow and what how old were you when it shifted when I shifted back into fly fishing, I was 21. So that's 23 years ago. <laughs> there you go. 23 years. So when did you, when did the fly fishing kind of moonlit and the business stuff or any of that, when did that start? Well, I had a friend that introduced me to the concept of furled leaders. I don't know, probably 2011. And I fished them for 
you know, a couple years and I was like, you know what, I want to learn how to make these and maybe sell them to people. I really, really like how they fish. And so I, I bought a book that taught me how to make furled leaders, found a forum where I could find mentors to teach me different techniques and improve. And by 2014, I had my website up and running. Oh yeah. 2014. That's perfect. So the forum, what was the forum? Is that still around? Yeah, I think it's, well, as far as I know, I think it's called Furled Leaders um, Pro Boards, I believe is what it is. It's been a long time since I've been on there. I just don't have a lot of time to get on and do that anymore. Sure. But, and most of my mentors, you know, they were a little older gentlemen. Back then, the gentleman was in his, like, 90s that I was touching base with and getting a lot of stuff from. Yeah, gotcha. Talk about the furled leaders, because that's something that I think uh, some people won't quite know. Describe what is a furled leader? So furled leaders actually have deep-rooted history in fly fishing, and they've been around over 200 years. They were originally made out of horsehair. Now we have all kinds of synthetic materials that we can use to make them. They're made like a fine tapered rope. So if you think of a rope, you're thinking of something that's really strong and durable, really counter to what you really think of when you think of a tapered leader. Being that they're constructed with, most of them are constructed with, you know, a polyester thread or a um, mono fishing line. The, The polyester thread is going to reduce any kind of memory that you have. So with a thread leader, you're going to have almost zero memory. So you get better turnover because it's going to hold loops and lay out straight. So you get better turnover, more durability. Most people get a good season or more out of a furled leader. And then, you know, better drifts and control of your fly. Oh, wow. And so the furled leaders, you don't see as much, you know, I mean, I guess these aren't out there as much anymore. What's happened over the years? You know, why from the furled leaders, if you go back in the day, if you look at the history of it, um, what happened where they maybe were, did they fall out of popularity or what's the story there? You know, that I can't really give a direct answer as, you know, an informed answer, I guess you'd say. But my best guess would be is people got got skittish of having something that looked, you know, thicker diameter, wasn't clear, you know, just that's the most common question I get when I'm asked about the furled leaders is, is that color is going to spook the fish? And, you know, I, for us, we make ours out of, you know, really neutral colors. So, you know, to try and reduce that. But the the biggest thing that spooks fish is going to be presentation and drift. So if you're increasing and having better presentation and better drifts, you're spooking the fish less than you do with a tapered leader. They see things floating down the river all the time. Yeah, right, right. So this is, and then, and are you also on the end of this? Walk us through how that looks like. So if you have, let's just, let's take, uh, say we're trout fishing, We've got a normal, you know, kind of a nine foot, whatever, five weight setup. And you had, I guess, a, say a weight forward line. Walk us through setting up the leader, this whole thing and, and the tippet and stuff like that. Yeah. So 
the furled leader is going to attach to your fly line with the loop to loop connection. It's really, really simple. Just like your loop connections with tapered leader, you're going to slide that on and then you're going to attach anywhere from 18 inches to five or six feet of tippet on the end of that leader. Uh, most leaders, people want their leaders with a tippet ring or a micro swivel and then you have the option for a short loop to do a loop to loop connection with your tippet but you know most people like the convenience of just tying a clinch knot davy knot orvis knot whatever knot they're tying to their fly they like to tie it to their their leader it's just really quick and easy for changing gotcha so basically like you said the advantage is the presentation is a little bit different but some people might think that it's it's kind of too big or bulky. How would it compare to say, you know, like the Euronymph kind of craze where people are going smaller, smaller, lighter, or, you know, thinner. So it's not as affected as much by other variables. What's your take there? Is this just for a certain, my, my question, I guess, would be, is this for a certain situation where, you know, maybe you wouldn't necessarily use this Euronymphing, but you would use it for, say, swinging flies? So when it comes to Euro nymphing, I, I don't have it on the market, but I have made and designed lines for some people, um, really haven't put it on the market just because I'm having to increase production on my other leaders. And we also manufacture the Tenkara lines for Dragon Tail Tenkara and productions, you know, you got to increase production to keep up with those. I got to increase more and hire more people and i just haven't had a chance to do that but i can make the the euro leaders up to 20 feet so they're not as light they're designed a little bit differently but they do cast a little bit easier than some of these other lines so you know it really comes down to personal preference on that with somebody gotcha but those those lines for euro nymphing are are really nice they've got them designed down really nice they are going to create less sag because with a furled leader in that length, you're going to have some sag, but it can be done. Yeah, it can be done. Okay. So if somebody wanted to learn more, we're just touching the surface here on this, but more about the furled leaders, where would you send them? I'd just send them to our website. We've got a blog post on there about our furled leaders and how to choose your the furled leader that's right for you. We've also got a YouTube video Oh, that cool. talks about all that for us too. Nice. Well, I think what I'm going to have to do, because I'm uh, inexperienced here, obviously, I think I'm going to have to hit the, hit you up and uh, test some out because it's interesting because, you know, you hear about them, but, you know, you're like, well, how is this different? Or I'm just trying to clarify a little bit there. It sounds like there are some advantages for sure uh, of of the leaders, but maybe there's some disadvantages depending on what you're doing, right? You, you might not, this might not be the perfect leader setup for every situation. Would Would you say that's a valid statement? I fish furled leaders exclusively. I won't ever put a tapered leader on. So, Oh, really? So you could fish these for anything? Yeah. You know, granted, you know, some of the, like, tarpon and stuff's going to require something a little bit stronger, a little bit special hardware or something like that, right? But it can be made, and I make them. I, I don't touch anything else, but really the biggest thing is is confidence if somebody has more confidence with something else that's really what i say to use we do make and manufacture regular tapered mono leaders nine foot mono leaders with a welded loop as well because not everybody wants a furled leader 
Exactly. Who else is there? Are there other uh, companies out there doing the furled leaders? There are some other companies. Uh, since you asked, I just want to pay my respects to a friend of mine. His name's Mike Moline. He owns Streamside Furled Leaders. He passed away this last holiday season. So we'll just kind of pay a little respect to him. He was he was a good friend of mine. There's also um, a company. Uh, blue sky is pretty big like they were they sell in like uh cabela's and then mm-hmm. you feathercraft sells some for old leaders oh, okay um you've got appalachian for old leaders and um cutthroat for old leaders who was my biggest competition when i first got started oh gotcha that's what I love about this because the fly fishing niche is such a cool, you know, specialized, right? It's so specialized and literally you can take the leaders or you can take rods. I mean, right, right. There's probably, you can dig down as deep as you want onto any topic. And, uh, so that's really cool. Well, I'll leave it at that for now. And, um, I did want to switch and talk a little bit about, um, fiberglass rods. Cause at the show we talked about what you had going there and you've got some good movement there. What's your take? We we've, we've did a, a fiberglass rod uh, piece a while back, but give us a little update on fiberglass rods. Where, where are they at? Are they, is this something where a new person comes in or somebody who like anybody could be good grabbing a fiberglass rod now? So fiberglass has changed a lot over the years. Now you've got this S glass and S glass two, which are lighter and they're not going to be quite as uh the word i'll use is whippy you know the tip recovery recovers really well and fast they're not as as heavy in your arm the swing weight's better in regards to beginners versus you know experienced anglers i love fiberglass because fiberglass it can be forgiving at times but it also forces me to correct any inefficiencies or deficiencies I have in my casting stroke because I can fill everything. All right. The problem with a fast action carbon fiber or graphite rod, if you want to call it that, is it doesn't you don't feel those deficiencies in your cast and because you're not really filling the rod. And yeah. so a glass rod's great for anyone of all ages, especially if you're first learning and you really want to learn the rhythm, how to find the rhythm of your rod to improve your casting, accuracy, distance, the whole nine yards. You're going to fill it with a glass rod versus graphite. That's it. So it sounds like, the, yeah, the graph, like everybody should probably have a, a glass rod in their quiver now, it sounds like. That's a good thing, especially if maybe you're you're struggling with the graphite rod casting. Yeah, um, casting's you know a big part of fly fishing, right? And if if you can't get in rhythm with your partner, which is your rod, it's kind of like watching two people try and do the waltz or something, and they're <laughs> just out of sync. And so, if you can help someone fine tune that rhythm, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. That's good. So basically, and let's take it to the glass. Let's think of the soft tackle because I know you're interested. You love the soft tackles. Let's say we're putting together a setup for to go out and swing some soft tackles for trout. And this is kind of like normal, whatever, normal size trout. What would be a good setup to use? Are we talking, is this like your nine foot five weight again? Or is there something, is that different when you're looking at glass? You know, 
if I was going to fish, like I live here on the Henry's Fork or the South Fork of the Snake River, mm-hmm. kind of in God's country over here. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's do the South Fork. Let, let's think of the South Fork of the Snake since uh, since we've already talked quite a bit about the Henry's Fork. So the South Fork of the Snake, I'm going to take my five weight more often than not. Um, if I'm going to throw some bigger streamers or you know something like that, I'll I will switch over to a six weight would be more accommodating for that. So the five weight glass can handle you know ours can handle the stream small streamers, but you know why not use the tool that's going to perform best for that situation if you can right if i had to pick yeah. one i'd pick the five weight but yeah if i could take two i'd take the two take the two and do you need i mean could somebody just literally go out and say you know what i don't even need a graphite rod i just want to use fiberglass if it fits me well or you know is that a good route to go just say i'm going to fish a fiberglass for everything there are people that do do that for sure um rods are just a personal preference you find a rod that matches your casting stroke and your style and that's all you need to do whether it's you know the graphite or or glass but if you want to do just glass you can and there's different there are different actions within the fiberglass world too it's not just one kind of action yeah exactly now tell me and i don't even know this exactly um on your on the moonlit are, are you guys do you have like the brick and mortar shop in where you're at we have people will come in and we you know we if you get on, you can find our, our address and people come in, you know, they stop in and come check us out. We're more, more of a warehouse because we do more online, you know, sales and we try and push our local people in our local town to the fly shop there to, you know, support them because they sell our gear, Mm -hmm. but we do have people come in on occasion. Gotcha. Who is the who is the local fly shop there? The local fly shop is called Snake River Fly there in Pocatello, Idaho. So it's it's a great shop. That's awesome. Yeah, Snake River Fly. Yeah, definitely heard of them. So so yeah, I was just kind of getting to the point of yeah, if somebody wants to come in, like they should all do. Everybody should do. You know, cast the rods. They probably be easier going to the uh, the Snake River Fly, or uh, that might be the easier thing to do. Or would would it? Or they could stop by your place if they give a call and cast some of your stuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually recommend they come stop by our place. We've got a nice place out back that's got grass and everything where we oh, can, good. you know, really, really take them out and let them cast whatever rods they want. That's awesome. Okay. And and the Snake River is a pretty obviously, you know, for those that haven't been there, I mean, it's an amazing area, right? You got, um, I'm not sure, how far are you guys from like the uh, the Hell's Canyon area? That's on the other side of the state. We're on the eastern side. That's on the western side. So it's, oh yeah, it, it, it's it's a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, it's a couple hours. Yeah, you're you're over there. Okay. So you've got a lot of different opportunities within this valley. You've got the Henry's Fork. You've got the South Fork, and then you got the main stem of the Snake below American Falls hmm. um, Reservoir, and that's a top ten smallmouth bass fishery. Oh wow. That's it. So you guys have, and we haven't done, that's the cool thing about this. We haven't done a ton of, you know, I mean, just looking at just more like Idaho or whatever. I mean, obviously it's all connected, but you guys, I mean, yeah, you got a lot of opportunities there. You got smallmouth bass, you got trout, you got, um, in good years, you'd, you'd have some steelhead. What, what other species are you guys targeting out there? Um, you know, obviously our native cutthroat are here. 
mm-hmm. um, we've actually got a ton of brook trout in some of these, you know, small streams up here, um, rainbows, browns. We've got some tigers lurking oh, wow. around type, you know, tiger trout. And then we've got, there is some place, uh, Merriam, Merriam Lake is an alpine lake that does have tiger muskie in it that they've planted. Uh-huh. So that's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, I've never been there. It's kind of on my list. I'm like, man, I should take my two, three weight up there and see if I can get into one of these alpine tiger muskie. We've got grayling. Uh, there's some golden trout around here. So I a nice mixture. <laughs> a little bit there, of everything. There, yeah. And you've got price of brook trout there too. Somewhere. Oh yeah. 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 So we yeah, got everything right. you can look for. Lake lady rods builds distinctive custom rods, each created one at a time to the exact specifications for you. Lake Lady only uses world-class top-of-the-line products and components, and I can definitely attest to this with my unique fine-tuned specimen that Chris built for me. From the custom-built 24-piece Portuguese cork handle, the gunmetal reel seat, this thing is super nice and clean, and Chris is going to make your rod just as unique. And definitely don't want to forget about the jungle cock inline rod markers that highlight the creative touch. The rod I've been using is a 9-foot 4-weight, but Chris can custom build anything to suit your needs. Lake Lady also restores and builds bamboo rods from scratch, and the story of passion continues. I want to connect you to Lake Lady Passion and Promise right now. You get the most unique custom rod you have seen this year. Check out Chris, Lake Lady Rods. That's wetflyswing.com slash Lake Lady, L-A-K-E-L-A-D-Y. You support this podcast by clicking over to check out Lake Lady now. Well, let, let's talk about soft tackle. So I know you, you've got a kind of a, a, uh, a fascination or you're interested in soft. Talk about that. Where are you fishing soft tackles? Is that something where you're doing that like most of the time for trout or what are you doing there? To be honest, I don't, all my nymphs are tied as a soft tackle. And then, so I'm, I'm fishing a soft tackle probably 90% of the time, unless I'm fishing, you know, a sculpin or a streamer pattern, but I fish it on all the big rivers, the small streams. I'm more of a small stream person just because uh-huh. there is so much pressure on the Henry's Fork and the South Fork. Yeah. I can, I've got so many tributaries and small streams within an hour's drive of my house. You know, I, I love it because I don't get to, I don't have to see a ton of people. I get the, you know, peace and quiet the ability to connect within myself, connect with, you know, the environment around me, which is really what fly fishing is about. To me, it's less about catching the fish and more about connecting to my surroundings. That's it. So you're getting out there, you're hiking, you're getting out to the remote where you're not seeing anybody and small, you're fishing for like West slope cutties in these small streams. Um, most of the cutthroat in the streams that I fish are the snake river. Oh yeah. Cool. Cool. One of my favorite places, um, my my mom is from Preston, Idaho, and my business partner's dad is my mom's cousin, and he's from Preston. So there's a little a little stream called Cub River down there outside of Preston that has Bonneville cutthroat, and I love to go chase those down there just because it connects me with my grandpa who's passed away and just kind of you know, a part of me that 
that I really like to to hit on occasion. Find myself. I really that's that's the place. If I'm really struggling, that's the place I go to to really find myself. That's amazing. So that that is pretty powerful. You you you're connecting through your fishing, which I mean, I think a lot of people have a similar thing. But you're actually connecting through a species of unique and trout. I mean, there's a lot of different cutthroat species, but Bonneville is yeah. one that probably not a lot of people have the opportunity to fish for, right? What's the what's the Bonneville? How's that differ from say the any other cutthroat out there? Um, I, I wish I was more of a fish biologist. Yeah. Yeah. More, yeah. more like just looking at it. Does it look kind of similar? How would you know it's a Bonneville versus say, uh, you know, a West slope or something? You know, the Bonnevilles that I've caught they're they're a little bit darker gold color, um, smaller, a little bit smaller spots, not as big. Some of the snake rivers that we catch up here, they just, you know, they're a little bit lighter gold color, but some really rich color to them. The Bonnevilles that I've caught, and this is just my experience, have had that darker gold, you know, skin to them with small spots and, you know, the rich, rich, deep orange cut. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes with some photos. Maybe we can get a little series of cutthroat different species so we can look at the differences because that, that is always interesting. You know, you got Yellowstone cutties, yeah. you got all these, it's really, it's really cool and diverse, all these different subspecies, I guess. Well, yeah. And I mean, Utah does their cut slam. Wyoming yeah. does one. I don't know why Idaho doesn't do something similar. We've got several different strains of cutthroat here and they oh, yeah. actually introduced outside south of twin falls somewhere they planted the lahotans in oh, one of the yeah. lakes down there so i mean as that's of right. right now the biggest one of those that's caught is like 20 inches um but the, i imagine they'll get pretty big in that lake too wow yeah that's that's right and all that stuff so Okay, so we got a big chunk here. This is obviously you're you're painting a picture of a cool place where I think you know people are probably wanting to get out to, and and that's cool thing about Idaho is it actually is it actually is in the middle. It's like you know if you don't know much about Idaho, it's um it's cool because it's pretty. It's not as busy as the other places, right? Like you're not. It's not like you're going up to Washington or some places in Oregon, but Idaho is still a pretty small state, right? As far as population. Oh yeah, like it's. A big city here is like a small town in like Denver, Texas, California, Washington. You know, I mean, we're talking like maybe 60,000 people. Boise's got quite a bit more than oh, that. Yeah, Boise. Yeah. You know, but you get outside of Boise and we're, we're still small town. Yeah, you're small town. And that's, that's probably what you love about it. Uh, you mentioned your grandpa and that was pretty powerful. You're talking about the connection to the Bonneville trout. You know, uh, like if you think, obviously, I'm sure you probably, you know, learned a lot from him. But what's one thing you take away when you think about your your grandpa and kind of, you know, that what he left you and kind of what you learned from him? The biggest thing I learned from my grandpa was just how to love people. That's my grandpa was the strongest person I've ever known, but he had the biggest heart to take care of people. So that's probably the biggest thing. Um, wow. But my grandpa was a tinker, tinkerer, like he invented things. He he would manufacture his own fly tying vices. He would oh, manufacture wow. his own bobbins, you know, for holding his thread. Uh, you know, he just all that stuff he just did, and he had had a vision of trying to 
take it out on his own. So for me doing what I'm doing, it's kind of like fulfilling what my grandpa worked towards, but didn't quite come to fruition. Wow. So it's, 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 it's a way for me to continue his legacy for him. That's really cool. So basically he, he was, yeah, he never was really in the, in the fly fishing industry, although he always had that as something like a, something he wanted to do, maybe get into. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked to my uncle, I only have one uncle on that side and, you know, he always, he's told me, you know, that my grandpa tried really, really hard and he just, it just never came to fruition. So like, this is just my way. That's it. And you got the, and the moonlit, right? I mean, that's uh, obviously that's playing on kind of your name as well as a little bit of everything, right? Is that kind of where that comes from? Yeah. Um, I did it with a play on my last name. You know, I take a lot of pride in my heritage from both sides of my family. Um, I just picked up as my, my cut, one of my cousins gifted me a bamboo fly rod that I never even knew my grandpa had. So that was pretty cool. Oh, wow. At my, and he did that at my grandma's funeral last year. So like, that was just, that was really cool. Wow. Well, and this is, uh, yeah, gosh, there's so many topics you're bringing up here, Brandon. I, I think, um, you know, it's always tough for me because I want to dig into so many. You mentioned the vices, and I, I want to touch on that because my buddy, uh, Tyler, a good friend of mine, he picked up one of your vices. I can't remember the exact model, but he was really loving it. Talk a little bit about that. Well, let, let's talk a little about the vices, like what you have, but you also have a bunch of stuff going. We're just hitting the surface, right? You have uh, just, if you had to give somebody a nutshell of what you do there on top of what we talked about, what else is it? So, so go into vices and then go into all that. So a lot of people may have seen that we've got the Nirvana rotary vice and that's on pre-order. It'll be shipping in the next couple weeks by the end of this month. That's a really cool full functioning rotary vice that comes in different colors to really add your artistic flair and, Fly tying's all about sharing your artistic expression, so that's pretty cool. We have our own lineup of barbless hooks. We are in the process of, dur- during this year, we're moving our regular Moonlit hooks over to our Moonlit Tagata lineup of hooks that are coming out of Japan, out of one of the biggest ma- hook manufacturers in the world over there. Hmm. We've got, we just launched some seat covers waterproof seat covers oh, really? that you can put in your car to oh, keep nice. your car from getting damaged if you jump in with your waiters to drive to a new place or if you got dogs yeah. that come with you you can put these down to protect your seats from getting wet and that wet dog smell oh wow how do you do the seat covers because that seems like something that's like there's so many different models of seats how, how do you you know what i mean do you get like a universal thing or how do you do that so the seat cover just really goes over the headrest and then blankets down over the rest of your seat. Gotcha. So it's not a form fit. This is just something you use while you're yeah. on the river. Yeah. Yeah. And then you take it off when you're not using it. It's not something that stays on. Yeah. And then with that, we brought in waiter changing mats so that, you know, neoprene waiting changer mats, you can change without yep. standing on the ground and ruin your, your boots or not your boots, the yeah, your waiter feet. Yeah. Yeah. The foots. We are bringing out new graphite rods in the Nirvana brand name. These are being manufactured in Korea as well as a new lineup of fiberglass coming out of Korea. 
We've got the furled leaders, the tapered leaders. We also are now in the fly line manufacturing business and designing and manufacturing our own fly line. Uh, with Leland, we have our own reels because we purchased Leland fly fishing in April of 2021. Mm-hmm. We also own Tail Tenkara, which is one of the biggest Tenkara companies in the world. Yeah, that's right. Talk about that Tenkara because that's an interesting thing. It's, you know, again, Tenkara, you know, definitely some people love it. Some people hate it. But talk about Tenkara because it sounds like something that's around that's sticking around. What's your take on Tenkara and uh, and where do you think we're headed with that? So Tenkara is an absolute beautiful tool to have in your arsenal. Um, it's lightweight. It's It's got a short learning curve to get in and catch fish. So a lot of times people get out of the sport because they struggle at the beginning because they're worried all about the mechanics. How do I mend the line? How do I do all this stuff? Instead of the short mechanics of how do I present this fly effectively? How do I control the drift and catch fish? If you can focus on those three main things at the beginning when you're first learning, and take out the other stuff you're gonna be engaged more so i think that's a big part of why it's not going to go away is it's helping people get into the sport um that's how i taught my business partner to fly fish he now uses a 10 car rod he uses his rod and reel and casts and does all that real effectively but it was a way to help teach him it's also how i teach my kids how to you know fish so that i'm capturing you know their engagement with the fishing versus being frustrated with all the other stuff so you know gotcha but there's a lot more to it than like there is people say oh well you you know you're not really casting there's it's easier to learn how to cast but you still can spend years working to perfect that cast and perfect manipulation so just like anything it can be super easy but you can take it to a whole nother level there you go so that's and like like you're saying for definitely somebody new to it or, or kids things like that that's a really great tool but also just having another kind of another quiver out there in your your toolbox or whatever to uh, be ready for like you're in a small tiny stream and you just need a little whatever try something new yeah, I wouldn't limit it to small streams. We fish for 27-inch rainbow trout here on the Snake River with a oh, wow. car rod. So, you know, you can – I wouldn't limit it to just that, but it is a yeah. great tool for that. A lot of people use it when they go backpacking because it's so light and compact. A lot of people use it when they go and get on a mountain bike because they can attach it to the bike really easy and not oh, add a lot yeah, of bulk. Yeah. So there's gotcha. there's a lot of benefits to it in different ways that is more difficult right. with a uh, rod and reel. So this is something where, yeah, that's one good thing where you could just take it and it's a little collapsible. You toss it in and you could almost forget about it. So it's in your pack and then it's like, okay, you just jump in somewhere, you're mountain biking, you're like, hey, there's a stream, let's go fish that. I got everything right here. Yeah, it's it's more portable. So, and the thing with us on ten cars, we we are the ones that are like we're the innovators in that industry. Um, we just came out with a fiberglass ten car rod this last year. Oh no, kidding! Oh wow, so a little more action, little, same thing, just more yeah. more feel, more connection. 
Yep. And then, you know, we've got a new rod coming out this summer that collapses down to 17 inches and fishes two lanes. So like we're always pushing the envelope to try and do different things. That's great. Well, take it back to the soft tackles. I want to, I want to kind of finish that up. So we, we talked at the start kind of fiberglass rods and we're thinking, I guess like a nine foot, a five weight or six weight kind of similar would be a good fiberglass rod to get into if you're swinging. And you mentioned swinging some bigger stuff. Let's just say, I mean, we're swinging some little, some bugs, right? Some, I don't know. What would you say? What's the middle? You, you swing, it sounds like some big stuff, but what else are you doing with soft tackles? What would be your, like, if you're trying to match the hatch? So, you know, I, today, you know, last night and this morning, I'm actually, I'm going to a Idaho desert spring Creek to go fly fish when I get done with this. And I was tying my favorite colors, purple. I was tying a purple starling soft tackle size 16 and some olive colored ones to match a blue wing hatch. If we ran into a blue wing hatch. So, you know, I, I'll match just changing body styles. The cool thing with soft tackles is, is you're not doing a whole ton to the body of your fly. Usually, you know, they're a little, little more simple, but I like mm-hmm. the history, you know, like North country spiders and stuff like that. And they're just super yeah. effective. I catch most of my fish on the trailing soft tackle when I fish a dry and I drop a soft tackle behind it. Most of the fish I catch are on the trailing soft tackle. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, so you're fishing, so you might be fishing a dry fly. There might be a little hatch coming off, but you definitely have a dry end and the soft tackle. Do you also, are you mixing it up with other types of sinking it down or swinging it, stuff like that? So like I said, my go-to nymph pattern is a purple pheasant tail soft tackle nymph um, with a tungsten bead. So I'll fish that and then I'll trail just an unweighted soft tackle about two feet behind that because that one's going to sit at a higher depth. So I'm fishing two different levels of the water. So, but most people who fish soft tackles know that the most deadly parts on the swing, you're going to get most of your strikes and takes is that you're going on that upswing from the end of your swing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. That's it. Okay. And and you're hitting a desert, desert spring Creek. So you're going to be fishing some, uh, kind of same thing that you're talking about, kind of remote, smaller type streams or what's that look like? Yeah, so I'm going to be fishing in this stream, you know, and it's got small little brook trout and some rainbows. There's some lower stretches that have some some bigger rainbows in it, but I'm just going to, I'm going to go fish my two weight. And I'm just going to have a ball with some some small small stream fish taking aggressive hits on dry flies and soft tackles on the top water. With over 40 years of experience in coffee, the Angler's Coffee team roasts a full range of coffee with one goal in mind, delivering excellent coffee to every single angler. And the coffee you get is roasted and shipped within 48 hours to assure freshness. All sorts of good stuff going here. I can definitely attest to the quality of this and the taste. If you get the Artist Series, right now a dollar goes to Casting for Recovery. Every sale, one dollar to Casting for Recovery. Anglers has a blend for every taste, a dry dropper on the go, roast sampler, and Joe, you know he's serving your needs. You got to check it out, especially the custom package. Get your special blend, special blend of coffee, special blend of art right on the package. This thing is good to go. Head over to wetflyswing.com anglers. Check out a good bag of greatness right now. 
That's Anglers, A-N-G-L-E-R-S. Okay, back to the show. Nice. Well, uh, let's see. I guess we've dug into a little bit here. It feels like, you know, on on a setup, I mean, fiberglass, obviously, there's a lot to know there. Where would you send somebody? If somebody wants to learn more about fiberglass rods, what's what's going on? Just kind of uh, what would you recommend there? Um, you know, I definitely encourage them to reach out to me and ask any questions, you know, they might have or anything like that. But the fiberglass manifesto is a blog and he's a great resource on all things fiberglass. He's going to have a lot more experience with a lot different models than what I do, but I can kind of help answer any questions. Definitely would like to touch base with people if they have any questions, but fiberglass manifesto Cameron's really good, good guy and very, very knowledgeable. So I'm actually friends with the guy that started that with him. He lives here in Idaho Falls with me. You can see him on one of on our lunar glass on our YouTube. He did a video talking about our lunar glass. So and his name's Mike. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we had Cameron we had Cameron on. I'll put a link in the show notes from that podcast. I can't remember the number, yeah. but yeah, that was a good one. He we dug into it there. That was a while ago. That's again, it takes some time. Uh, you know, <laughs> it'd be nice to get more of these episodes out, but uh, so maybe we'll have to talk more with you about it as you produce more stuff. I like the Nirvana. The Nirvana is touching on a little bit of the uh, the past. You know, Kurt Cobain is that kind of part of that, or what, tell the Nirvana how that name came to be. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's kind of funny, you know, Kurt Cobain's kind of my time frame, you know, yeah. the, the rock band Nirvana. But for me, it also, so you can, I wanted to resonate with people with this brand. The Nirvana brand is kind of our, our mid, mid-level price brand, you know, it's, so it's, it's not that entry level, a little bit better hardware and, you know, just nicer feel to the rod, but I wanted to connect to people and I felt like a lot of people go fly fishing to really escape everyday life. Right. Yeah. And right. so you're really going, if you're into Hinduism, you know, Nirvana is really finding that state of enlightenment. And so that's where that brand is about. It's about finding a state of enlightenment. Um, our graphite rods are called the moksha, which is a enlightened state within Hinduism. Our new fiberglass rods that we're coming out are called the Phoenix glass. Um, if, you know, into that kind of stuff, the Phoenix is the bird, you know, it's a bird that rises from its own ashes. So it kind of reincarnates itself. So that kind of falls in line with with the state of nirvana. You know, you you become enlightened and you reincarnate. There you go. Now this sounds like you know a little bit about this whole uh, this field. Are you doing some like meditation and stuff like that? Is that a big part of your your daily routine? So, born and raised LDS Latter Day Saint. Um, still still a member of the church. I just practice it a little bit different than your average everyday Mormon. Um, meditation is, is, is my form of prayer. I meditate at least once every day, but there, I find myself meditating a lot. Um, I've studied kind of, kind of studied that 
Hinduism and, you know, meditation and, you know, the, the ancient medicines, you'd say, I get energy balances from an energy worker every week to balance out my chakras and my energy. So, you know, that means a lot to me, the Nirvana brand, something I connect to very deeply. That's cool. Yeah, you're totally, you're totally into it. That's amazing. And I think, yeah, meditating, I think everybody should try it and, and do it if they can, because yeah, I mean, it's all about kind of, uh, I don't know what you're, you're saying it better than I can, but it, it just, I've been trying to do a little bit of it as well. And it's hard to get that daily routine. What's been your secret to make it a, a, like a daily routine, which you kind of have to do, right? Well, my favorite time to meditate is I bought a rowing machine and I get on my rowing machine. I actually black my eyes out so that I can stay present. And I just, I turn on some meditation music and I just meditate while I'm rowing. Physically doing something while you're meditating, you know, is, it, it works really good for me anyways, but it's important to stay present. And so you want to block everything out when you're when you're meditating, you want to be present within that very moment. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and, and that's a good tip because I've I've always thought like, well, you know, you sit there with your legs crossed and you try to, you know, you'll stay focused and straight up. But yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. You don't have to be doing that. You can be actually doing something that's still, as long as you get in that state of blocking everything out and focusing on the present moment. Yeah. That's very cool. Good. Well, this is, uh, I hope this uh, inspires maybe a few people to, to try it out. I know it's going to hopefully kickstart me back into it uh, as we're thinking about it here. Uh, but that, that's well, what's cool about it because, yeah. Me and my son, I drive, he works with me and I, every day I drive him and he gets tired of it. I'm like, are you meditating? Are you meditating? No, no. I'm like, well, maybe you should start. There you go. There you go. You know. See, you got your kids, you got your kids into it. I mean, they're going to, I don't see there can't be a bad, a bad, any downside of meditating, right? It just seems like it's it's a way to focus and relax and and let some stuff go, right? It seems like it's all good. Yeah. uh, You know, meditating is probably one of the healthiest things you can do for your emotional health, to be honest. Uh, It's, it's a way to inner reflect. It's a way to find compassion and peace for yourself. It's a way to release all those negative emotions and energies that we all come around on a daily basis. So it's a way to release it and not harbor it within our bodies. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Well, we'll, we'll leave that there. And if they have questions for you about uh, meditation, we'll, we'll send people your way if they want to pick your brain on that. Uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up here, uh, Brand, as we take it out of here. Um, a lot of times I kind of like to talk about, you know, resources and things like that and, you know, where people could take it further. But we've talked a little bit about furled leaders. We've covered that. We've got a little bit on fiberglass. What about, so soft tackles, I have a resource I know I'm thinking of, but who, who is your soft tackle go-to guru or, or place? Um, really, he's not very known. He's actually one of my best friends. His name's Doug Kinney. Um, he's a flight nurse here in Idaho Falls, and he's the one that I I turn to when it comes to soft tackles. He's he's the one that taught me. Kenny, and I think I it seems like I've heard that name. Maybe that's just a common name. I is he uh so he's not really necessarily in the industry doing anything, but he's that's his passion. He's like a brother. He's he goes to all the shows with us he can. Um Oh he's nice. A, he's a big part of what we do in our business. So Oh, there you go. 
So he is a big part. Good. And I was going to note, um, we did a episode with uh, Stephen Bird with the Soft Tackle Journal and uh, a while. This is quite a while back, but he's got some stuff. I think he's up a little bit north. He's up in Washington, so kind of north northwest yeah. of you. Um, so, the, yeah, there's a few. And, again, the Soft Tackle thing, you know, and even back to, like, the Davey Watton, you know, wet fly nymphs. It's, it's definitely an old school. It sounds like what you do, you know, like you said with your grandpa, you, you attribute a lot to him and and also you love the throwing back to an older way right even uh i mean is tenkara an older way or is that something what would you say about that would that kind of be also kind of a kick a throwback uh tenkara is actually really how fly fishing started before we had reels they were using you know flies and casting them with long rods and line so you know it it's got a deep-rooted history in what we do today as well and a lot of you know you've got japan you've got europe there's all kinds of different places that really have a variation to tenkara tenkara is really the japanese way that they did it but there's ways all across europe uh, i think valetia is from like italy and it's a different technique but same concept with the long rod and line mm. to the fly. So it's got a lot of history too. Oh, wow. Valetia? Valetia, I think is what it's called. It's been gotcha. a while since I've looked up that one, but I, I believe that's what it is. There's a lot of different forms to Tenkara. Tenkara is just the one that was branded oh. by Daniel when, when he brought it to, to America. Oh, no kidding. Oh, wow. That's how it happened. That's yeah. how it happened, literally. So, so this literally could be called, it's called Tenkara, but it could be called, or it is called other things in different parts of the world or different parts of history. Yeah, it has been. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, from you, it really sounds like you, I mean, I'm not sure if you planned this, but Moonlit is really this, you're, you, you, you know, like I said, the traditional stuff. Is that Was that kind of your vision getting out or has that kind of grown as you've gone? You've really grown into that. That's just who I am, and my business reflects me. Um, I I don't manufacture a rod that I will not love to fish. I do not manufacture any kind of gear that I don't believe in. You know, it's just about staying true to who I am and being authentic to me. And I want it to reflect in my business because I want people to connect with me through my business. Right. Right. And talk just briefly before we get out of here. I, I just had a, I was interested the Leland. We had an episode a while back where we, Leland came up because I think it was. Um, you interviewed James with Red Truck. Yeah, Red Truck. Exactly. Yeah. And it was an interesting story. He talked and James is awesome. And I really loved hearing. But Leland was an interesting story because it was like a gigantic. Uh, I don't, wasn't even really around then necessarily, but it was a big uh, brand online back in the time and it kind of had a, a change up. So talk about that. How did, how did this Leland thing come to be for you? So I know the guy who sold us Leland, he lives here in Idaho and James was working for him. And he also is associated with loop and is a distributor for loop here in the, oh, yeah. the North Americas. And so they've always been a huge supporter of me and my business. And then he had, you know, was looking to sell Leland. And I walked in the shop one day and was talking to him. And he's like, well, I've got this opportunity for you. And so it just, it just felt right. And 
And so we jumped on it. <laughs> and what is the, cause I remember when I was at the show, I looked, they had a couple of like click and Paul, you had some reels up there stuff. What is, what is Leland's, uh, you know, product line? How is that different from say what you had it at or what you have at Moonlit? So Leland was focused on the, you know, your graphite rods. Um, and then the classic, they're like Hardy style click Paul reels. Um, so just that real historic type reel. Um, and they've got a couple different styles in that, um, with a modern, modern day edge to them. Um, the rods are absolutely beautiful. That's actually where we were able to get in to Korea with manufacturing mm. and do that, that kind of stuff. So it was, it was an exciting, um, adventure to get us started going where we're going. That's it. Cool. Right on. Well, I feel, uh, I feel good about this. I, I feel like I need, like all these things, I always come out of these thinking, well, okay, I got some more products I need to purchase because uh, a fiberglass rod is, uh, is kind of, I need to add to the quiver. The soft tackles, I've got that covered, but the furled leaders, I definitely need to, uh, to dig into more. So, so give us a heads up before we get out of here in the next, say, nine months or, or a year or so, what, what's coming up for you for uh, Moonlit or just anything personally or, or through your business? You know, we're just going to continue to push ourselves to continue bringing out great gear. You know, our our motto is creating products that every angler can enjoy fishing. Um, not every angler can enjoy a $1,000 rod because they can't fish it mm-hmm. because they can't afford it. We want every angler to feel like they're fishing a thousand dollar rod or using, you know, the, the best gear on the market. So that's, that's where we're pushing. That's what we're, our goal is. That's it. So you don't have, you guys don't have a thousand dollar rod in your lineup. No, um, the Leland, the most expensive rod is like 750. Um, you know, we, we believe that there's, there's a place for that, you know, and if you have that money, like, and you enjoy it, we think it's great that you spend it and use it, but we want everybody to have that experience. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, uh, yeah. And I saw one of the reels. Yeah. Like you said, the click and Paul, those, those aren't cheap either, but those are nice. Uh, definitely nice to have. So, Okay, Brandon, well, I'll leave it there for now. And uh, if anybody has questions, we'll send them out to you at moonlitflyfishing.com. And um, yeah, just want to thank you for coming on and shedding some light on on the furled leaders and a little bit more on the fiberglass. And we'll hopefully connect some people, uh, keep connected to you. And as you move forward, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, Dave. It was a pleasure. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all the links, and everything else we covered today, head over to wetflyswing.com slash 308. 308 will get you the goodness want to give a quick listener shout out spotlight randy buren randy buren thanks for the support of the podcast over the years i recently had a cool chat with randy on the phone we just got caught up on things and i always love when i get a chance to connect with folks out there that are listening so if you want to connect with me send me an email dave at wetflyswing.com and would love to hear uh, how we're doing maybe how we could serve you better and uh, maybe just to chat You can subscribe to this podcast easily to get updated when the next episode goes live. Wetflyswing.com slash subscribe and you'll get updated when the next episode drops. And there is another one that's going to be dropping quickly. 
I think it's dropping in two days from right now, and it is going to be a unique episode. You got to check the next one out. Uh, I think it's something we haven't uh, fully dug into yet, so you're going to love it. I'm going to get out of here. I hope you have a great uh, morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you're at, and I appreciate your support on this show. I appreciate you and hope to connect with you on the water or online. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. 